Welcome to the Black Belt and Thinking podcast, our third and final uh, part of our Behaviour Change ABC series. And on this part, I'm joined again by Yeta, and we're going to be talking about, and Yeta's going to be talking about, now, how do you actually apply this? You've listened to the last two. By the way, if you haven't listened to the last two episodes in the series, it's going to make a lot more sense if you go back and listen to those. So have a, have a listen to the last two episodes um, before you dive into this one. And we're going to be talking about, all right, so that's all very interesting. How do you go away after this podcast and actually use this today? Welcome to the Black Belt and Thinking podcast. I'm Peter Cronin, lead presenter of the Black Belt and Thinking. This is a podcast where we look at all things to do with thinking faster and acting more purposefully. I interview experts in their field to try and provide you with the insights to the way they think and the tools and processes they use on a day-to-day basis. If you find value in this podcast, love for you to share it with others. All right, so thanks for being back. Thank you for having me back. Okay, so, you know, this is, this is, <laughs> this is your area of expertise. Uh, what do you what do you tell people to get started? Okay, so again, I am much like yourself, assuming people had to listen to the first two episodes. Um, and I guess what we were talking about is behavior and how to shape behaviors. I think the most important thing to cover now, or maybe make a little disclaimer before we um, carry on, is that when we talk about shaping behavior, we are talking about habitual behaviors. So behaviors that, so we spend about 43% of our day in habitual mode on autopilot, doing things we've done sort of the day before and the day before. And it sounds like a lot, but there have been studies. I'm not just pulling this out of thin air. (laughs) Um, So I think it's important to note that we are actually on autopilot for about half our day. So when we get into a habit of responding a certain way or doing a certain way or having, you know, the same (laughs) breakfast every day, Um, These are behaviors that we are more prone to, or sorry, that are more changeable, let's put it that way, because we are actually doing them in the subconscious realm of our minds. Yep. Um, And I think that's what I'm kind of, when I'm talking about behavior change, that's the realm I'm talking about, obviously, as opposed to when we are consciously engaged and are intentional about our behaviors if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so a lot of the times, if someone is intent on doing something, it's a lot harder to, to, to obviously change their minds. Yeah. So what we spoke about last time was, and it all kind of came down to, when we are doing behaviors that we are positively, positively reinforced for, we tend to do more of those behaviors. And when we are doing behaviors that are followed by something punishing, we tend to not do those behaviors, which is sort of basic behavioral science. Um, And just to kind of put it in this context of habitual versus intentional behaviors, 
I guess if you had to be hammering a nail and you hit your thumb and you repeatedly keep hammering your thumb and you find it really punishing, you're not necessarily going to stop that behavior just because you find the experience punishing because you're in the big, bigger process of you know building a house. So you don't just give up on that as opposed to a habitual behavior of, for example, having breakfast and let's say, for example, you are used to having coffee every with, with, with breakfast and you actually want to decrease your caffeine intake, which actually happened to me um, kind of about a year ago, I was supposed to have this surgery and they've explicitly asked me to stop drinking coffee for a few months. Oh. And I didn't even think about it because I have coffee every morning. So I had to intentionally make myself stop drinking coffee. And the only way to do that was really to, to um, stop buying coffee. Right. Because I found that as soon as it was in the house, I would just, it would just be without thinking, I would be making coffee in the morning. Um, so yes, that's, does that all make sense in terms of intentional behavior versus habitual yeah, behavior? So. I had a similar thing where I wanted to just drink a bit less coffee and I, um, I had to get, I don't really like tea. Like I wouldn't go and drink tea. But what I did was I bought I don't particularly dislike it, but I would never feel like a tea. I just never do. But in the office, I intentionally bought tea so that when I instinctively found myself at the kitchen about to make a coffee, I'd go, oh, no, I've already had a couple of those and I can have a tea. So I had like this, this like pattern interrupt replacement, but I still yeah. got the, I still felt like a hot drink and it was good enough to replace it somehow. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> no, I used to um I used to get the biggest headaches when I was trying to give up coffee. I mean, oh, yeah, I'm back yeah. I'm back on the black juice now, but <laughs> for <laughs> for a good few months I had to stop um I had to stop for medical reasons and yeah, it was just it was ridiculously punishing for me. It's like every day I'd have a headache for about a good couple of weeks. Yeah, wow. But Obviously, because you're trying to do something intentionally, you you push through it. Yep. Okay, so now that that little disclaimer is out of the way, I just want to make sure that people know that it's it's not that simple to change behavior, but it is if that behavior is trivial in terms of something habitual. Yeah. All right, so an example might be, um, I'm thinking of like, you've got a meeting in an office, right? And you've got somebody on their, on their laptop, not necessarily paying attention. And you might, you know, the person running the meeting or the boss or whoever might do like the kind of classic um, uh, sort, of, sort of interrupt or like little, little punishment sort of thing for, for somebody not paying attention where they turn to you, let's say it's you. They say, so Mieta, does that, do you think that's going to work for you? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I have no idea what you just said. Yeah, or more like, oh, um, yeah, pro can you just go over it one more time as you sort of shut the laptop lid? Yep. 
Yeah, yeah I've, I've, I can envision this happening more than once, actually. I've, I've been there for these, uh, for these situations. So that's like a little, it's snapping them out of a, uh, out of a behavior, I guess. And I, I don't know why this might happen. Let's say they're a salesperson and they're in the weekly sales and marketing update or, you know, coordination meeting or something. And maybe they brought the laptop with great intentions. Um, yeah to take notes or to, to share something or whatever. But a little pop-up notification came through from a customer saying like, yeah, I think we're ready to sign or something like that. Like, oh, that's, that's what you mean, right? Like it's habitual, like it's, they're not, they're not like, ah, I'll choose to do this work over this meeting now. It's just yeah. like instinctual. Yeah. Well, it's not, it's not actually instinctual because it's- It's reactive, yeah. Reactive, thank you. And they just do it. And then you've got the the boss kind of, reacting to that if that makes yeah, sense yeah so I, I think and i have a feeling we kind of covered this in the first um podcast of this series where we actually shape each other's behaviors all the time we just don't plan for it and we don't really think about it yeah so in in many ways the way the behavior is react uh, uh sorry i'm losing my english here um reactory reactive reactive um, so the guy obviously got a got a notification on his laptop, which was a trigger for him to perform a behavior. Um, yeah. And he just reacted to it and went, oh, I better reply to this email. This sounds juicy. I might get a sale out of it. Um, then he may have replied and, and gotten a reply straight back saying, yeah, sounds like a deal from a customer, which would have been highly reinforcing in the moment and pro probably more reinforcing than paying attention to the meeting. Yeah, right. So you've got the what, the antecedent behavior consequence, right? The antecedents, the notification, the behaviors, the, uh, I don't know, opening of it? Replying yeah, to opening it? and the replying of it, probably. Yeah, and then you get the the consequence of the customer pinging you back. You, and that just reinforces in your head that, oh, you should react to uh, notifications, I guess. Yeah, and it definitely tells your brain, oh, next time I get a notification like this, I should reply straight away because... You know sale <laughs> yeah 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 um and i think the thing with habits is that once something happens a handful of times and there's probably no formula for it but once the 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 trigger behavior and reward loop positive loop happens enough time your brain just kind of goes oh okay i got this now you don't have to think about it again next time we're in this position um i'll just react for you it's now a subconscious behavior you know, kind of, I, I got you that that's all the, all habits are, are really your brain automating a, a trigger behavior reward loop, yeah. which actually, I know this is sort of um, a side now and I'm kind of going off topic, but it is counterintuitive because a lot of people think that habits are really hard to form or break. Right. And maybe I agree with the hard to form because you're not actually intentionally creating habits. Your brain does it for you. Yeah, yeah. But certainly in terms of breaking a habit, they're just so easy to break. Yeah, I guess people say that, right? Because they don't change the environment. They don't actually change the impacts on, on them when they do the behavior and they go, oh, well, it's so hard to break this habit. Correct. It's so hard to break. Why? Because there's a payoff. But if you think of, of true habits, like walking into a room and, and 
it's a dark room, you instinctively turn the light on, like your hand goes for the wall to, to feel for the switch. Yeah. Like that's, that's as habitual as the behavior can get. It's very instinctive and you get rewarded obviously with light and ability to see. Like I, I kid you not, if you had to unscrew your light bulb and remove it for a couple of days, that habit would be broken so fast because your brain would go, oh, now every time that you switch a light on, nothing happens. So I'll just, I'll stop doing that. Thank you very much. Yeah, right. So yeah. in fact, yeah. You know, sorry, do you know a really funny example of this? We've, um, we've just bought a like, new car. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and it's got one of these uh, like electric uh, park brake thingos, you know, the little, little switch. Actually, actually, that doesn't matter now that I say that. It is true that it has it, but that's not what matters. On the old car, it uh, the, you know, the previous car, it had a, um, a f for the handbrake, I don't know what you call this, the park brake, I guess. Yeah. It had, it was foot, sort of foot actuated. Oh, so yeah. on the far left of the footwell, there was this extra kind of pedal that you'd push in um, to lock it in place. And then there's a hand release um, Up by like the on wheel. the right hand side of the steering wheel. So under yeah. the, the headlight switches. Um, uh, there's like a hand release and you pull that to release it right we've had this new car for a few weeks and still i get in it and i turn the car on and instead there's like a little bonus not glove compartment i don't know storage compartment there and in, in the new car and every time i get in i turn the car on and i and i open this compartment and then go oh and shut it and then push the button Right, maybe some habits are a bit harder to break than others. Well, it's interesting though, because I asked, I asked um, my partner, I asked Rhiannon, if, how often she's done that, sort of wondering as well. And she's like, oh, I haven't done it at all. I was like, oh, what? <laughs> right. So her brain might be a tad more efficient than yours. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> Going, okay, I'll just stop doing that because that's not the handbrake anymore. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know exactly what you're talking about. And my my partner's car, my husband's car actually operates that way. And my car is your classic handbrake car. So um, every time I get into his car, I kind of go, oh, oh no, right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I still have the thing, actually, I had to brake quite hard the other day and I still slam my left foot on the floor as if there's a clutch there instinctively. A clutch as in driving a manual? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I learned to drive in a manual and I drove manuals for a while. And so that's sort of like, I don't know, there's some base. When is the last time there. you drove a manual? Sorry? When is the last time that you drove a manual car? Well, actually, the last time I owned one is like, whew, maybe eight years ago. But the last time I drove one would have been the last time I was in Germany because almost all the uh, loan cars, uh, you know, the um, rental cars. Over there, oh, yeah vast majority of them at least a manual unless you get upgraded to like you know the latest audi or something but i normally book like a you know, just a golf or something to get around in yeah. and they're pretty much all manual so oh um, interesting but despite that i guess you don't slam the anchors on very hard but you learn to react to that most when you're uh first driving right yeah uh, the other yeah. thing i notice is when i'm when i'm around and this is funny. I, I don't actually know this one, but when I'm around, like, uh, let's say there's a lot of pedestrian crossings, we're going slow through like quite a quite a built up area with a lot of people like 
darting out across the road and stuff, I find myself as well as going slow, putting my hand on the, the gear changer, like ready to, to change or to whatever. Right. But, but it's, again, like, yeah, anyway. But we, alas, we digress. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, but yeah, so I guess, um, I guess we need to be mindful of the triggers for our behaviors and for the payoffs. Yeah. Because that's really what's keeping our behaviors sort of happening. The loop keeps going on and on. Yeah. This podcast is brought to you by the BBIT. If you want to improve your own thinking and problem-solving skills, visit blackboutandthinking.com to sign up now. Step one, what, is to find a habit you want to change? So if we had to, yeah, if we had to um, make it into steps, obviously you would identify what do I actually want to change. Yep. Um, you'd ask yourself, do I want to stop doing something or do you, do I want to start doing something? Yep. If it's a matter of stop stopping doing something, you would then look at, well, what's actually triggering the behavior and what is the payoff to me of the behavior? And then sort of try and alter the environments, either get rid of the trigger, see how that goes, or try and remove the payoff. Right. Well, that would probably be the basics of it. Yeah. Okay. And I think that's regardless of whether it's for yourself or for others. Yeah, right. So it might be like there's a behavior in your kids or your your colleague or your partner or something that, you know, obviously we don't want anything too uh too controlling here. Um, <laughs> actually there's a quick test we do for this. If you go to shape someone else's behavior, you should ask yourself, are you comfortable telling them about what you've done afterwards? And if so, you probably have their best intentions in mind. And if you're uncomfortable, you probably don't. Yeah, that's that's a brilliant one. Um, and I think you you probably have, I, I, I think this was you telling me a story about someone who wanted to drink more water. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was uh, one of the one of the, uh, on a project we were on, and we were. This was part of it was changing people's behavior because obviously, if we're doing a change project, the, half the project is getting people to change their day to day behaviors to do things the new way. Yeah. So we're talking through this and stuff, and yeah, she, I think she she reckoned she drank about one glass of water a uh, a day, and she wanted to increase her uptake. That's funny. So, so what did it end up? Yeah, how, we, uh, did, you go, did you actually plan for this or was this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was uh, basically what we did because we were working relatively close with it. So every time we go to have a meeting with somebody else, what we do is I just, or me or somebody else would go, oh yeah, I'll, let's just go by the kitchen. I'm just going to top up. I'm just going to get another coffee. I'm just going to top up my, my drink or I'm just going to grab some, I don't know, whatever. Find an excuse to go via the kitchen. Yeah. And, she, and she would just naturally take her glass and fill it up. And then when a glass was full, she'd naturally drink it. The problem, I guess the the trigger was the glass having water in it for her. Yeah. For the habit. And when it ran out, she didn't have a kind of trigger to go fill it. I guess she was a pretty busy um, you know, person. And so she was focused on her work and she just wouldn't think to go fill it up. That was, I guess that was the the problem, is not thinking to go fill it up, but she would absent-mindedly drink it if it was sitting there. 
So yeah, yeah, yeah. all we had to do was cause it to be sitting there full of water or her to have a glass full of water more frequently. And um, that was quite funny. We massively increased, you know, she was drinking like six, glass, six seven, whatever it was, glasses a day after that. And, oh, you know, after funny. a couple of weeks, we told her, and obviously she was very grateful, and it proved the point of what we were, what we were doing as well. And the thing is, she probably was aware that she was drinking more water. She just wasn't necessarily aware as to what was triggering it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Of course she was, yeah. Because, yeah, to, to like, be oh, fair, well, if... drinking more. Yeah, and you know, it, it is something that she wanted. So the positive sort of reward at the end would have been... Oh, actually, I feel good about drinking more. Yeah. My yeah, mouth's so not dry anymore. <laughs> it's, it's as simple as that to get started. Obviously, the harder the behavior is, the more advanced you need to analyze it, the more complex it is to implement, like everything that you try and like cause change to. But as the simplest form, if you want to get started today, yeah, as you said, it's, it's finding a habit in yourself or somebody else that want to change, figure out what that trigger is, um, I guess try and provide more of the trigger that might even be enough in some cases um or as you say yeah figure out what the behavior is and either encourage more of it or discourage the one you don't want and I guess as we said um this is actually something that we instinctively do anyway yeah so what we're actually saying is hey start paying attention to it which might actually be a great first step instead of instead of instead of the sort of um, jumping into changing behaviors. Start paying attention to the behaviors and what's actually currently keeping them in place. Yeah. Actually, funny story, and this is this is change, shaping behaviors on scale. But remember the the airport office that we used to have in Auckland. Oh, yeah. Yep. So Ulu used to run the nine o'clock meeting there, and it would be a team briefing on a Monday morning. Obviously, it was quite important that everyone was there because it sort of sets the scene for the week, and people used to show up late. And what Ulu, and I don't even know if he planned for this, he would have planned for this actually. But he actually one day started taking chairs away. So at <laughs> 9 a.m., he would just stack all the chairs in the cabinet behind him. Oh, wow. Yeah. So people would come in and kind of look around for a seat, and there wouldn't be a seat. And this was, you know, sort of a half an hour, 45-minute meeting. So they just have to stand around with their coffee. Oh, that's good. I kid you not. I don't even think it took him two Mondays before people sort of started coming in sort of five to nine yeah yeah but it i just thought it was brilliant oh yeah that is good yeah we have we have uh yeah similar one from for a customer they did uh i think i told this on the first on the first podcast anyway but but very similar situation they have flexible office hours but everybody had to be in from you know there was a bracket like let's say it was like 10 a.m till 2 p.m or something because that was their peak time for whatever they were doing or i don't know but that doesn't matter the point was your flexible hours, but there was a point you needed to be in by. And there was a couple yeah. of people that were starting to push that point out. Um, so what they decided to do was one day a week randomly, um, they would shout everyone in the in the office a coffee from the from the nearby coffee truck. And what they thought was people would uh, oh, miss out on my coffee sort of thing. You know, everybody else got one and I didn't. 
they thought that would be the the sort of driver of the behavior yeah. what was even more interesting was it literally only took one week to fix this because what they didn't didn't account for was people would show up like five ten minutes after everybody else has these coffees so for the next half hour or, or so everybody's going to these meetings and everybody's got the same coffee cup except for like these one or two people who just have a mug from the kitchen oh right it was like this this unintentional mark of shame instead yeah <laughs> that's brilliant so i mean that's not even what they planned but it just stood out like a sore thumb and just like that fixed it but the best thing about this is this is actually still your choice isn't it yeah yeah you they could go oh, i don't really care i'd rather come in 10 minutes late and uh yeah, have yeah. my coffee from the kitchen yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> But oh, it probably really? wasn't a subconscious choice. It was probably just that feeling of like, oh, don't want to be late again. Don't want yeah. To, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm yeah. going to stick out. Yeah, exactly. Which is kind of like, do you know much about nudge theory? Oh, uh, yeah. Well, so I mean, I've, I've, read, I've read the, you know, the very... You've read the, I think the guy was nominated for, um, for I was going to say Oscar, <laughs> for um, Nobel Prize? Is this Thaler and Sunstein? I don't know. Yeah, I get lost with all the authors yeah. of all these different thinking books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it it was um, Nobel. Uh, again, I was going to say Peace Prize. Um, economics. Yeah. It was for behavioral economics. Right. Um, but the whole bit about nudge is that you are triggering a behavior without telling a person what to do. So you're that just whole thing. Slightly, you're, you're nudging them, right? You're making it slightly less effort to go the path of least resistance is the behavior you want is that it? correct you're decreasing yeah. the friction yeah for a particular behavior that you wish to encourage but yeah. without telling the person or mandating it right so i think google had this huge experiment where in their lunchrooms they would they've changed everything up so the salad bar was um the first thing people hit when they when they go and eat Oh, yes, you naturally load up on. So you kind of, you're hungry, so you start loading up on things. Um, you know, so funny. this is kind of like this, but in reverse, because you're doing it with a consequence. You're kind of not sort of driving the consequence or nudging a consequence. So people, sure, can still bypass it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I so like, like it. I actually never thought about it. Without Sorry, realizing I, I, that they're smarter than Google. Chinese buffet, like takeaway buffets, have been doing this at least in New Zealand for like the longest time. Like, have they? Like, all the good I can't stuff, imagine like that. The spring rolls and stuff. Yeah. And like anything with prawn or something in it, right down the end. And the first stuff was all like the noodles and the rice and stuff to load up your little plastic container with, with first. Right. <laughs> I'm going to pay attention. I can't actually, I can't remember last time. And, and it's the, the same thing, right? Like, you click onto this and you go, oh, I'll just go down to that end and then I'll come back. But of course, there's a flow of people. So it's kind of like, oh, now I'm breaking the flow, but yeah. I'm still allowed to. Nobody said yeah. I'm not allowed to go fill my thing up with all the good stuff at the end. But. Oh, nice. I, I, yeah, that's a good example. Yeah. All right. So everybody listening to this, think about something that, a, a habit in yourself or others that, that irritates you or you want to change and yeah it's the two sides to it right it's the how do i decrease what i'm doing now but also how do i increase what i what i want to replace it with oh yeah that's probably 
before we do we have another two minutes yeah yeah just before we go that is actually quite important if you are stopping a behavior you really need to be thinking what behavior do i want instead and try and also encourage that behavior at the same time yeah otherwise and the basic this is the, the most basic thing right now is when I first took my kids, they're a bit older now, but when I first took them to a restaurant, we had a lot of sort of screaming and, you know, probably quite restaurant inappropriate behavior from right. little kids. Yep. Um, and I think that what they were doing is someone brought a ball and obviously they're kids and they, they can't just sit, sit down at the yeah, meal. Yeah, yeah. I probably made a mistake taking them anyway. Um, so I was like, you know, stop doing that. Stop doing that. Be quiet, which was fine. But on account of they were still bored, it was like, okay. So they started playing tag under the table. So that was the new behavior that developed. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it wasn't just about stop doing something. It's actually what should they be doing? Yeah, yeah. So it's please keep your hands to yourself. No, let's encourage that behavior. Please speak using your quiet voices. Let's encourage that behavior. So yeah, it's quite important not to just stop a behavior because you just never know what what new adventurous I mean, behavior you're going to replace this, it. Yeah, well, I have the exact same thing with a teething puppy right now where if he's chewing on something he shouldn't, you don't just stop him from doing that. You go get one of his chew toys and go like, here, like yeah. put this in your mouth. And you know, he's... He already knows those toys, so he doesn't necessarily always want to do that, but you just have to encourage that because otherwise he'll just move on to the next cheerleague. Yeah, because yeah. he still has a teething problem. Yeah. <laughs> He's still going to chew on something. Yeah. True. Okay, cool. That's it. So, um, yeah, people just need to get into it. If they've got any questions, uh, how's the best way to get hold of you? Obviously, we, we you, know, you particularly help people with this. Um, got, we've got online courses for this um so they can reach out regarding any of that but they can just reach out to you for questions right like yeah i, I guess my email would be the best which is mirta at viago.co.nz so i better spell mirta because it's such a common name yep. m-i-r-t-a at viago which is v-i-a-g-o.co.nz cool or uh like look you up on linkedin or look or me up on linkedin or on facebook or send a carrier pigeon <laughs> fax machine's not working at the moment yeah, my pager can... might be <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> figure it out i'm not that hard to track down yeah cool all right oh thanks for this and uh yeah hopefully hopefully this has been a, a good series giving an overview of what what we're talking about and then the last podcast obviously some cool stories from from craig um how this has sort of changed his life and then Hopefully this has been useful as to how you can go and start changing yours. So cool. thanks for tuning in. And Mieta, thanks for uh thanks for joining us again. Welcome. All right. See you later, everyone.